0: and how you can use your podcast to finally get to that next level now turn on your mic and let's start down the path to podcast success
1: welcome everyone to another very exciting episode of path to podcast success i have a guest here with me today that I am very excited about. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I know I'd say that pretty much every time, but I mean, it's true pretty much every time. I I think this is going to be fun. I think we're in for a good conversation. Dr. Nicole Coyle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you you
2: for having me.
1: (laughs) Of course, we very, very much appreciate you being here. So I like to start off in the same place with all my guests, and that is by making sure that everyone listening is on the same page and they have the context that they need to get the most that they can out of this conversation. So for those people, go ahead and tell us, what is it that you do?
2: So I am a um, what's considered a holistic psychologist, meaning um, I treat a person as a whole Um mind, body, spirit, um, that, and so I do things a little differently than traditional therapy. Um, Traditional therapy is based in talk therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy. And what I do is more what's considered somatic therapy, meaning um, teaching people tools and techniques that help get um, emotional trauma out of a body um, instead of just trying to talk about it constantly. When we go through traumatic events, it's kind of um, imprinted within the body and the brain. It makes a connection. And so we just need to disconnect that trauma from the brain. And so I use different um, modalities and tools like breath work um, and uh, somatic shaking and meditation um, in order for them to achieve that effect.
1: Okay, that's pretty (laughs) cool. I, I have definitely never encountered someone who does quite what you do. So I think that is very exciting.
2: (laughs) I love what I do. Yeah. I'm doing it for, well, I've been teaching breath work and other healing modalities for over 25 years now. So yeah. Is that all? (laughs) Yeah, that's 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 it.
1: Okay. That's pretty exciting. And have you been like, so that means you've pretty much been an entrepreneur then for, for that whole time as well.
2: I've been an entrepreneur for pretty much my entire um, life. With a career, um, I didn't start off doing this. Um, just you know, uh, as a precursor, I started off as a fashion designer in New York City. Um, that's what I did for a living for a while. That was my initial training in, in university, um, and I did work for somebody else at that time. And then I kind of branched off um, after a couple of years and, and worked for myself, um, in fashion design, I made my own line of wedding dresses. And so I've always worked for myself or I've been a freelance consultant for other people, but always on my own terms. Um, right. and I, um, became an entrepreneur as a, um, a necessity, uh, because I struggle with depression and have my whole life. So it was easier for me to work for myself than to explain, um, when I went into a depressive episode to an employer. Um, so yeah, right. it just came out as an, out of a necessity and now I can't imagine working for anyone else.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, after working for yourself, you really like working for someone else. It's just, I, I, yeah. I can never do it. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that is That's pretty cool. And I appreciate you being open and sharing that with us because that's definitely, that that is a powerful reason to be an entrepreneur, especially if, you know, it's you, right? And that's usually, I mean, employers are very famous for not caring very much about if there's a reason for you to come in. I mean, a broken arm is, even then, I'm sure there are probably employers who would ask people to come in, but I can't imagine an employer out there who'd be like, a depressive episode, you're sad? Just come in. You know what yeah, I mean? Like sad. that's not. Yeah.
2: That's always the you're sad. I'm like, it's not being sad. Like that's the yeah. it's also like an uneducated you know, like there's an oh, uneducated yeah. um air about mental health and oh yeah. And and like you said, if people can see the the injury or the illness, they're more apt to be sympathetic and compassionate. But when they aren't when they can't see it, like mental health stuff, then they're like, yeah. Well, why don't you just change your mind and just be yeah, happy. Just stop being like, <laughs> oh, I always do. If I had a dollar for every time somebody told me that I'd be a very wealthy woman, and I think to myself, like, do they not think like if it was that easy, like we would have just tried that already? Like, <laughs>
1: wait, I never, I never, th- I never thought of that. why wow. mind,
2: oh yeah, I should just change my mind and be happy. Yeah, so it's a very interesting perspective, and yeah. yeah, so it, and and so I just thought, like, I. If they can do it and create a business and a company then I can do it, you know. So, exactly. yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, I find something interesting when you think about people in the medical field, which I guess you kind of are, I guess, technically. Um but like pe- people, you know, think, you know, doctors, therapists, dentists, etc., right? Usually if a doctor and you are a doctor, if a doctor goes into private practice, there's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you learn a lot of like business practices in like throughout schooling and like medical school or right. I don't know, whatever schooling you did to be able to be, to be able to do what you do. I'm not sure if they gave a lot of business classes, yeah. which is funny <laughs> because being in private practice, like being a doctor or a dentist or whatever in private practice, doing the dentisting or doing the therapy or doing the doctoring, like that is, that's only half of it. Right. I mean, you need. You need clients, you need people to come in, like you need to make money. Right. So yes. how did you navigate that?
2: Um, <laughs> it's always been trial and error for me. Like even with the fashion design, they give you like one class on like the business part of it. Right. But it's like not enough to teach you anything because you realize when you start to work for yourself, that no amount of schooling could have prepared you for some of the things that happen <laughs> when you own your own business. And so I think it's a lot of self-study um, a lot of putting yourself in like groups like masterminds and and talking to other entrepreneurs and trying to figure out how they deal with challenges and um, outsourcing some of it. Like in the beginning, I tried to do all of my own accounting. That's crazy. Um, I'm not an accountant, you know, I like math, but it's not my thing. And so finding people that you trust that can do things for you. Um, and it's, and it's still a learning experience for me. Um, you know, so I just, I, I went from having a brick and mortar, um, therapy center, um, for the last 10 years, to closing it recently, to doing moving everything online. So that's an entirely different ballgame for me. And so again, I'm relearning how to do business online because I only have ever done business in person. Um, and I just think it's kind of going through the ups and downs and figuring out what works for you. And and I think everyone who's an entrepreneur runs business a little differently, right? Whatever works for them, their schedule, how their mind works. Um, and yeah, it's just been a lot of a lot of trial and error and failure, you know, failing and then taking the lessons from the failures and going, OK, now I know that doesn't work. OK, let's try it a different way. And I think just every day is different. And we're like, what will work today? Something will stick, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, that that's kind of that is the. That's the progression, right, as entrepreneurs. I mean, a lot of it is learned on the fly because for, for any anyone in, in, in business, right, whether it's private practice or, you know, whatever it is, like, it, the skill, the thing you're doing is only half of it, like, it's 50%. The other 50% is the business side of it. It's so funny that even, like, you know, like, when you were in the fashion design, like, so that was treated like the fashion design was 99%, the business was 1%.
2: That's right. Yeah. And then even if you, but even if you were working for someone else, you still have to know how the business operates. You know what I mean? I can go be a designer for someone else, but I still have to know how that business operates. So to not teach that, you know, is, is a disservice, I think for any career track that you happen to go to school for. Um, but I also think like in our society, there isn't enough focus on like life skill, you know, like normal life skills, um, you know, checking accounts, accounting, like things like that, um, how to like manage employees. Like, I just think none of it's really taught unless you're going to school for like business management, but I'm not even sure how much is taught in that, you know, career track in university, Um, as far as like, okay, this is what we're saying. It looks like, but when you get there, it might not look anything like that. You know, I
1: don't think, uh, you know, college is known for being very fast at incorporating new strategies and ideas for certain things. Like I bet you, if I went right now and got like a business degree from a university, like I don't think it would reflect a lot of what I have seen in my personal experience as a way right. to, you know, conduct business online, grow a business, and create clients and all that yep. fun stuff.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I don't think it's very focused on real world. I think it's mm-hmm. more theoretical. <laughs> yeah, and theory theory doesn't work in reality. Theory is good, but reality is a very different ball game. You know, oh, yeah. so. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. yeah. So tell, tell me why, why did you decide to transition online from brick and mortar?
2: So um, we've, we, I had that center. I say, we, I had other people working with me uh, and we've, we had that center for over, over a decade and then COVID hit and uh, it changed everything um, because what we did was in person. Um, a lot of what we do therapy wise is breathwork based um, and so if you're innocent, like in the world at the moment, and they're telling you not to breathe on anyone, that affects your uh, clientele, not wanting to come in and do group breath work um, or be around people. And what we do is very personalized. What we do is very one-on-one. Um, our group classes maybe had, you know, eight to 10 people in it, but we got grouped in, um, even though we're considered therapy, we got grouped in with fitness centers. And because we also taught yoga. So we tried to stay open as long as we could. And then we got reported and kind of got shut down um, a few times by police officers and then tried to keep being open and then just kept getting reported. So we shut down temporarily. And when we um, reopened after everything seemed to kind of settle, um, it never picked back up again. Like it never, like all the people didn't come back. And, um, and even new people were hesitant about being in group classes, you know, being close to each other. And so we were trying to pivot online, and keep the center. After that, um realizing too that online, we can reach more people help more people than we can in person just being one isolated brick and mortar space in Arizona. And then we ran into a leasing issue, uh, new landlords, the whole nine yards. And because every everything was being um, in, um, inflated, prices for rent, ours was going to be almost double. <laughs> and I just, we couldn't afford it. It was like, it was impossible um, to pay that um, in the, in the space that we were for the size that we were and for the business that we were doing at the moment. And so the smart business move was to, shut the brick and mortar and
1: move everything online so yeah wow yeah i mean that's yeah i understand i feel like there are a lot of businesses that probably experienced a a similar process but especially working with with breath yeah (laughs) and then you know with a virus that spreads primarily through breathing right i can understand how that would probably make things a little bit more difficult and a little bit spooky you know for a lot of people during that time very Um, so I understand that but it's great it's good to hear that you were able to like because that's kind of it's a, it's, a, it's like a sink or swim situation and you very guys much. figured out how to swim and so but
2: you can't play. yeah you can't keep bleeding money you know you're yeah. like well we're bleeding money right now and it will bleed even more if we try to pay this per month right and it didn't make any sense and it was a very tough decision you know because i i put people out of work and um and then The people that were coming to our center, like very dedicated and loyally, they didn't have their community anymore, you know, so um, it was a very healing environment. It was created to be that. And so people could just stop in and just hang out if like they didn't want to do anything. It was just the space became that place and it was a really tough decision. And so. I'm just now still learning how to do everything online, you know, trying to create courses and things like that, um, that people can sign up for and do anytime, anywhere. But some people still want in person, you know, it's. um, Oh, yeah. I think there's an energy that, especially in the work that we do, there's an energy between people when they're in close proximity to each other that is even more healing. So it's been a transition. It's still not an easy one for me. I have to admit that. So, and I let go of the center kicking and screaming. Like it was a, I, I, I dug my nails in and held on as long as I could. So, yeah. um, and maybe a little longer than I should have, but yeah. So
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I understand that there's always pros and cons to everything. I mean, depending on, you know, especially like the businesses, like for me, I, I could never I mean we'll just run businesses it wouldn't make sense to have a brick and mortar location but even if right. I did I definitely I I at least for me I, I the pros outweigh the cons for working online because I really value uh freedom to be able to travel and work on the road and you can't do that in brick and mortar however it's a lot more difficult now, you can create a community online right like you know Facebook groups and like you can create a really you know vibrant community but there's just something about be meeting up with people yeah, and like seeing people in real life. that just like, it really hits different in a really, really good way.
2: Well, absolutely. Because also we're, you know, genetically, um, you know, evolutionary, like we are tribal, tribal beings. And so we thrive in communities. Um, and there's an energy exchange when people are, again, are in person in close proximity to each other. And it's very different than, it, than an online community, you know? So I think we need to be around other people. I think if we're, I think that's what kind of COVID showed us is that when you isolate people, more mental health issues show up, um, you know, there was higher rate of suicide, higher rate of addiction. Um, and people struggle when they're isolated and alone and don't have an online and an in-person community. So, yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know it can definitely be difficult, but that's great that you guys were able to navigate that. And now you're online. So what, what have you noticed? Like now that the transition has been made, right. No matter how, no matter how difficult it was, right. Like it, it has happened. Yes. Now you are online. What are you, have you noticed are some of the positives like besides of course, I mean, being able to reach a wider audience. Um, but for you as the business owner, like, how have you, how have you, do you like, have there been some other like benefits to being online? Yes,
2: yeah, So, you know, there, uh, so I do online right now, like I record myself doing, um, breath work and other somatic therapies, and then yeah, people yeah. can access them whenever they want. But I also do one-on-one therapy with people. Um, right. but when I record things like uh, like I would have normally taught in my brick and mortar space to groups. When I record them now, I only work once. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I do it, I record it, it goes online. And now I don't yeah. have to do that again, as opposed to in person. I was teaching 2021, 20, like personal face to face classes a week. And so that's, you know. That is 31 hours of teaching in person, as opposed to me recording an hour um, or an hour and a half class and putting it up online. And I've done, you know, so now I have more time for sure. Um, <laughs> there's more freedom of time. There's also um, economically, it's more viable to continue a business online than it is to pay for in person for sure. Well, was that? Um, yeah, way less. Like I mean, like way less overhead. Like <laughs> you know, I'd say like ninety percent less, and um, so that's also a bonus. And um, and then we get to make up our own schedule and time, you know. And we and now, I think because we were the center was there and it had this reputation of like being a certain thing, it took some of our freedom away to change classes or to change structure um, because people don't like change, especially if they get used to things. And now we, you know, we can do anything we'd like and just say, well, this is the class for the week. And this is, um, and so it's allowing us to do more of what's in alignment with us and what's in our hearts and what we actually want to teach, um, now, as opposed to five years ago, you know, cause everything evolves and I think we're evolving with it. And, and so I think yeah. there've been a lot of benefit to it. Um, um, absolutely. I was afraid, believe me, but I think there's way more benefit than I thought there would be. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Because I guess, yeah. Cause I guess you kind of were like forced into it, but now that you're in it, I mean, this online entrepreneurship i mean is there is a lot of really positive positive changes that can be made like what you're saying i mean it really that's the kind of that's the kind of uh that's the name of the game for this is freedom to have doing online like this because it's true i mean you can you can really do whatever you want whenever you want to do it and it gives you a lot of flexibility to create certain systems and things to free up your time because now instead of teaching what did you say 21 classes a week yeah you can just record a few classes and then that's right you know yeah. get it all out in you know a couple hours and then for months you you're it's good it's already you know
2: yeah there's a
1: teachers for you
2: yeah i think like online there's a definite higher roi right like <laughs> for sure then like teaching in person it's like okay well those 10 people came so like but there's no return on that i mean they're getting better and they're helping themselves but you know like financially it's they pay once you know as opposed to record like you say record a a one hour class put it up online and then it's like a residual income thing um you know it makes money while you sleep because people are looking for things you know
1: yeah that that is yeah that's incredible and i like So thank you for sharing these insights about your experience going into entrepreneurship, because I I think about that a lot, right? I feel like the entrepreneur, like the online entrepreneurship community is like coaches, consultants, service, service providers. And then that's, that, that's kind of it, right? At least that's kind of what I would think is like the community. And then a lot of like, especially like solo practitioners and things like yourself, it's like, well, no, all of that works for you as well. So hearing your experience, transitioning into working online is pretty cool here
2: yeah Uh, yeah i'm always happy to talk about it i mean it it can be daunting and overwhelming especially like for me i didn't know anything about running an online business (laughs) because i always consider myself non-techie so um you know and i like to be around people but um, it's been a learning experience. Like every day I have to learn to do something new, you know, like create a course online or download a video onto different platforms. And it's, it's always, I have to learn something every day now. And on some days it's overwhelming and on other days it's rewarding. So it's good.
1: Right. Yeah. Life's
2: about awesome. growth, isn't it? <laughs> oh
1: Yeah. <laughs> so as we begin to wind on the interview i did want to touch on your like the actual subject of what you do and your experience in the world of breath work and and therapy and all that fun stuff if someone listening is maybe they're in a difficult place maybe they struggle with certain things maybe they struggle with depression as well or anxiety um what would be one piece of actionable advice you could give to those people like what, what is something that they could do today to you know, if they're feeling that anxiety, they can, you know, calm down a little bit.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, So there's always one tool. It's my go-to, especially if you're, you know, experiencing anxiety, it's really easy. It's very simple. It requires hardly any effort and um, you can do it anywhere. Nobody knows you're doing it, but it actually works within the first 10 to 15 seconds and will calm some anxiety down. Um, And that thing is... I. So I deal a lot with um, mudras, which are hand postures. They're based in Chinese medicine. uh, So meridian points, right? We always, we have a point for every organ in our body and every operating system in our body. And so when you put like acupressure, when you put pressure on a certain point, it has an effect in the body. And so if you're a person that's experiencing a lot of anxiety at the moment, um, and you just wanna like have it kind of subside and feel better, There's a point on the inside of your middle finger, all the way up towards the webbing, um, and you put your thumb there, and you just press. And so that is the point for the pericardium around your heart. And when you experience anxiety, the pericardium squeezes and creates this tightness in your chest, which creates panic, and then the brain goes into survival mode. And so what happens is then you're completely stressed out and stress hormones run through your body, which are not healthy. They break down organs and they can cause other um, detrimental effects to the body. So when you press this point all the way up at the middle finger on the inside towards the webbing, um, it calms that down and releases the pericardium and the anxiety goes away within seconds.
1: So. That is definitely actual advice. That's great.
2: Yes. (laughs) That's my go-to for everybody because it's simple and then it doesn't look complicated. And, and, and I prefer simple and, you know, as opposed to sit down for a half an hour and meditate for some people, that's not, that's not advice. That's like scary. And so this (laughs) is just like, Oh, I can just hold my finger in this, this position. Yes, it works. So (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, because uh, sitting, uh, sitting down and, you know, having to meditate for half an hour, I mean, that could be, that's not, like, helpful That's punishment, you know, for some people. some people, people. You know, want yeah. To sit down and do that, but yeah, touching your thumb to your middle finger, like, that's, yeah, anyone yep. yes, and, and can do that.
2: Yep, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My other advice is, like, if you're a person like me who struggles with anxiety and depression, The number one thing when that happens is you don't wanna go anywhere, you don't wanna move. It kind of freezes you, um, that state freezes you. And my advice is no matter what, try and walk, like go outside and move your body. Um, Depression is stagnant energy and stagnant energy can't stay where there's movement. Um, And so it takes like a simple five, 10 minute walk to kind of get yourself um, uh, feeling a little bit better and out of that state, so to move your body however that looks for you, yeah.
1: Perfect, perfect. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for coming on the podcast and sharing these incredible insights. For people who are interested in you and the work you're doing and want to learn more, uh, where can they find you?
2: On Instagram, I'm on Instagram as Dr. Nicole Coyle. And on Instagram, I still keep an Instagram page for my therapies, Um, that's called Thrive Therapies AZ. Um, and on Facebook, it's the same, Nicole, Nicole Lynn Coyle and Thrive Therapies AZ. So.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you so much again, Nicole, for coming on the podcast.
2: You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode and for supporting the Path to Podcast Success Show. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review letting us know what you think of the show so we can bring you the most value we can from these expert podcasters. Your support helps us reach more people looking to step up their podcast game so that they can continue to grow their brand and spread their message. So again, thank you for listening to this episode of The Path to Podcast Success, and we'll see you in the next episode.